The Online Marketing Show. Every day with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money. Hi, welcome to the Online Marketing Show. This is Joey Bushnell. Today's special guest is business leverage expert, Tina Forsyth. Go to automateyourgrowth.com forward slash Bushnell to find out more. Tina, thank you for coming on the show. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you. Tina, how did you become a business leverage expert? I've actually worked uh, with businesses now since about 1999 with various small businesses. And and I worked behind the scenes uh, in a number of companies for the first probably 10 years or so of, of my of my business. And I just got to see what it takes to make various six and seven figure businesses run. Uh, I've done a lot of work in particular in the service industry with a lot of coaching, speaking, training type businesses and such. And just because I got to work behind the scenes, it's like I got to see what worked and what didn't work and, and what people were doing and what they were trying. And so that really led me to the stage now where we do a lot of training and consulting uh, in helping other people take what they've created and, and build upon that to leverage their business. Okay. And you're also the author of a book named The Entrepreneur's Trap. How did that come about? It was actually from a little bit of a pet peeve of mine, quite honestly, because uh-huh. <laughs> I was it was, I want to say probably about five-ish years ago now that I remember just noticing how many people were working all the time, working 24-7, working evenings, working weekends, you know, building maybe businesses that were really growing and expanding, but then at the same time, they never had time off. You know, they were never seeing their kids or family or friends, or they could never get away from their work in any way, shape, or form. And it became one of these things where... I mean, at one point, yes, I did work weekends at one point, and I still do work evenings and such from time to time. Um, but very purposely in my business now for, for about six or seven years, I haven't worked weekends. And I've always been really purposeful to say, like, my work is not going to take over my life. That's not why I have a business. And so seeing a number of other people who were kind of in this place, I like to call that the entrepreneur's trap, where it's really, it's, it's kind of the space that the time, energy, and effort that that you may be pouring into your business really isn't worth the return. You know, it's like I'm putting so much time and energy into this and I don't feel like I'm getting enough out of it. That's ultimately a trap. And it's something that a lot of entrepreneurs find themselves in, uh, quite honestly, a little bit inadvertently. It's like we start the, we start our businesses usually because we have a gift or a talent or something we're really good at or we have a certain way we want to work with people. Maybe we, we're on a mission or we want to make an impact or whatever that may be in the world. Uh, and not really realizing when we start the business, all the stuff that it takes behind the scenes to make a business run. So yeah. and that becomes part of what uh, what the entrepreneur's trap is all about, is looking at, okay, how can I make this business run without having it suck the life out of me? Sure. So what other struggles do entrepreneurs secretly face, Tina? Things that they perhaps don't like to admit or talk about? Mm-hmm. I think there's a few key ones that, that I see and talk to people about quite often. Uh, a lot of times around things like team, 
you know, knowing who to hire and where to find people and how to work with them. And even if they have a team, maybe they're really, are they serving them at the level that they need to or not? Um, that can be a really big deal, especially with, it can be a big deal in the earlier stages, but especially with a growing company as well as knowing how to work with the people that are going to make the business run. Uh, I think there's struggles around the place of, of the money piece where people talk a lot about revenue. They talk a lot about what their sales are. They talk about and share that they made this amount of money or that amount of money or five, six, seven, eight figures kind of thing. But then behind the scenes, they may or may not actually have money left over at the end of the day. It's this idea of how much money do we make, but then how much money do we spend and what does it take to actually run a business? I know of scenarios where people have gotten themselves into you know, some situations where maybe even if it's not the end of the world, it's just not ideal <laughs> to be able to work and not have anything left over at the end of the day when you're making a lot of money. Um, and I really do think that there's pieces of building a business sometimes that, that somebody may or may not want in the long run either. It might sound like a bit of a funny struggle to mention, uh, but recognizing that at every stage of growth, when we are the leaders of the company and when it's our business or it's my business or your business, it's up to each of us to really keep an eye on what our own personal role is in the company and really to be aware of how that needs to shift and change over time so that we don't find ourselves stuck in something that we don't want to do anymore. Tina, you say on your website many times that you help people to find leveraged revenue streams. So first of all, what is a leveraged revenue stream? And is that going to help us overcome these struggles that we might be facing? Yeah, I think a, le a leveraged revenue stream is really looking at a way to deliver a service. And this speaks more to a service-based business than it does to products because products in general are, are leveraged in and of themselves. But when we are service-based businesses and say somebody is a coach or they're an accountant or they're a graphic designer or anything along those lines where we do a service for somebody, a leveraged revenue stream is where we look at a way to continue to grow and expand beyond ourselves doing the work one-on-one. -on -one. So and and this is a very common very common trap again of sorts in the in the service industry is that okay it's me doing my work and I do my thing and up to a certain point you will, you can reach a certain point and then you're not going to be able to go any further just by nature of how much time and energy you individually have available to do your work you could be a web designer you know there's all kinds of categories where this comes into play uh, so leveraging a revenue stream is really taking a look at how can I grow this thing beyond just me doing work. So what are the free principles of setting up your business to run without you? Well, looking at, I mean, the revenue streams is part of it. Absolutely. If you are the only one doing the work day in and day out, then that's going to remain to be on your shoulders. Right. So if, if you're the only one doing the work and, and in order for money to come in, you have to be doing the work, then a business can't run without you. And not to say that there's anything wrong with that per se, too. I don't I certainly don't recommend people have to make changes around that if they want to continue to do the work and love working with clients that way. Uh, but when we're talking about this idea of setting a business up to run without you, it really is taking a look at these revenue streams and what could be different. Or how could they be expanded? It could be a matter of team. It could be a matter of systems. It could be a, there's various ways that changes can be made in that area. Uh, it's also looking at the marketing piece, of course, and, and seeing where and how marketing can be automated at another level. Um, and this is another area that we do that we do work in with some of our clients, too, is really looking at 
what is market, you know, what are the marketing strategies overall? And then more importantly, how can that become kind of this marketing engine of sorts so that it's not maybe the roller coaster of got a lot of clients and then now I don't have any and then I have a bunch and then I don't and, and sort of that feast and famine um, kind of roller coaster that can happen at times. And the secondary pieces is the management piece. And this is that behind the scenes piece of what's going on in the business. Because again, that's one of those sort of struggles that, that we've talked about already when we talk about people working 24-7 or we talk about them struggling with their team. It's really how do you, what do you need to have in place behind the scenes in the business in order for this thing to truly run and grow without you? Because uh, at the end of the day, it's either going to, you're either building towards that or you're not in a very black and white sense. You're either building towards putting in the right systems, getting the right people in place, you know, really structuring the business in a way so that you don't have to be involved in all that day-to-day behind-the-scenes stuff, or you're continuing to grow a business from a place of, okay, it's all coming to you and through you as the leader of your company, which, of course, is where most of us start, but we don't have to continue to be in that place in the long run. Can a business grow past a certain point without these elements in place? Or are we going to find ourselves getting stuck, hitting a plateau? Yeah, I think, I mean, I wouldn't say this is a hard and fast rule, but of course I've heard people talk about the $250,000 speed bump. You know, I think the number can vary from person to person or industry to industry, of course. But there is a place where when everything's, when it's all on our shoulders, and it's me, and I have to deliver all the services, or I have to work with the clients, or I'm the one taking care of everything coming in and going out and day to day, and I'm the hub of everything that's going on going on in the business, then absolutely the business growth is going to stop at a certain point. It's going to get stuck because it's 100% reliant just on my capacity, my availability. And if I'm full, and we'll talk about this as the bursting point with some of our clients, right, is that if we're hitting the bursting point, And it's like one more thing could pop up and, you know, we might burst, which, of course, we don't want to have happen. But that's really a a place that growth will stop. Growth will totally stop in that place. Uh, Then it becomes a matter of how do I get myself out of being the hub of everything and being the center of everything that's going on in the business. So what are some of the key systems we should have in place in our business? Number one, you want to look. So when we're talking about how to grow past that point, just to kind of clarify the two pieces, it's really looking at systems and team too, right? So when we're talking about what it takes to get past or to not be in that bursting point or or I was going to say avoid it. I think everybody goes through it to a degree. So I don't want anybody to think that it's a bad thing if you find yourself there because it's a bit of a rite of passage Mm -hmm. sometimes. But you want to, you want to, we can talk about team in a moment, but systems wise, there's, I have actually a, a resource called the top 10 business systems that we share. I think we can pop that to you guys as a freebie here too. Thanks. That would be great. As part of a, have like a little systems toolkit of sorts that, that we can give to you. But there's, so there's 10 systems in there too, but a couple of things I want to touch on sort of as the foundational systems. Mm-hmm. Number one, you need to centralize what's going on in the business. And this applies, if you're brick and mortar, it's, it may be happening naturally to a degree. If you see people, you know, everybody's sitting side by side and seeing each other day in and day out. This happens naturally, but for a lot of us in today's day and age, we work virtually. We're not seeing our clients. We're not seeing our team. Or if we do see people, it's like on an irregular basis. And yet, and what happens is a lot of times we end up trying to manage our business out of an inbox. I'm going to email back and forth with this and that, or maybe there's some phone calls, or maybe there's some messaging, or I don't know, people are 
paying each other on Facebook these days and all of that. There's all these places that communication happens. But if it's not centralized, if it's not gathered into a central location of some kind, then it just becomes a bit of a mess, basically. There's a lot of holes and a, whole, a lot of holes in who's doing what and when and what's going on here and what's going on there. Uh, one of the very first things we always have our clients do is to centralize all of the to do's, all of the projects, all of the tasks, all of the stuff that needs to get done on a day in and day out basis. Uh, through, and you can do this through any number of tools that are out there these days, looking at different project management tools and all of that. As long as it's online and it's a place that anyone who needs to, they can look at the same place. So, you know, instead of you maybe emailing over to somebody and then sitting there and wondering, did they get the email? Did they not? Did they do the task? Did they not? I have no idea what's going on. It's everybody looking into the same place. And saying, all right, here's what's on my plate. Here's what's on your plate. Oh, this is done. Look, that person marked it as done or that person's not done yet. Let me check in with them, etc. And so everybody's looking in the same place and getting things done that way. I know for me, that was very key at a certain stage of growth in my business because those were what I would call my middle of the night moments where as my team started to expand and my business started to expand and it wasn't just me doing the work anymore. Of course, it's great to have team. It's great to have people helping out. And I have great team. You know, I have team members who've been with me for years now. Uh, part of what would happen to me is that I would send somebody something, you know, I'd send them an email and then I'd never hear back from them or they may have done it or may not, but they just never told me. And those would be my middle of the night moments where I'd get up and go, oh my gosh, did this get done? Did that get done? What about this piece? What about that piece? Oh, I forgot to check in with so-and-so. I don't even remember if I emailed this to them or not. And it would be this like brain scramble going on. And then, of course, I would get up in the morning and send what we lovingly call an email tsunami to my team because I would just, oh, my gosh, what about this? And what about that? So it just throws everybody into a tailspin with this kind of stuff. And so centralizing in and of itself. Um, maybe something you do right now may not be, might be new to consider. I know some people have kind of one foot in, one foot out quite often when we connect where it's like, oh yeah, I have this tool, but we're not really using it yet. It's, it's something to really dedicate yourself to in your business and to really purposely say, okay, we are going to everything that needs to be done and everything that's on anybody's plate is going to live here now instead of in inboxes and back and forth. You mentioned Tina about team. What different roles could make up our virtual team? I know that this is going to be different for every business, but are there some core key roles that might apply to most businesses? Yeah, it really, part of how I look at this too is really looking at what stage of business growth are you in? So just to look briefly at kind of a stage one, stage two level of growth and, and how I define that is stage one is when you're in startup. Stage one is where your goal is to prove your business model. It's to basically say, here's what I want to sell, and do people want to buy it or not? And if they don't, what do we need to tweak or change, right? That stage one is very experimental in a lot of ways, and the goal is to get people to buy whatever we have to offer, which means that we're proving our business model. And so stage one being startup mode as a default, a lot of times people either they think that they need to do everything themselves that, oh, I don't have a budget yet, or I don't have enough going on. I'm just going to do it all myself right now. Uh, and believe me, I get and understand that. I understand where that comes from. Um, but in that stage, it's a really good idea to look to have one or two people that can help you out with basic administrative stuff, 
and or some techie things. So administrative stuff could be scheduling. It could be some customer service. It could be little odds and ends where you're thinking, oh, hey, you know, can you check on this for me or go research this piece or whatever that might be? Just some basic administrative stuff. And the techie piece is looking at websites, you know, adding things, tweaking, changing things there, doing maybe some social media stuff, things like that. It's really being able to even in, in that stage one phase to keep ourselves focused on where we need to be focused, which is building the business, proving the business model. And even if every, even if it doesn't seem like much at the time, all these little things that pop up day in and day out that need to get done, uh, if you start to keep track of how much time you spend on those things, you may be a little surprised and or frightened. <laughs> Not to mention a lot of people don't want to do that stuff anyhow. I remember clients of mine, a client years, years ago who's coming to me and she's like, how do I learn the shopping cart system? I think she, she was like a, I don't know, massage therapist or something. I can't even remember. Um, or a coach of some kind, maybe. And just, all right, hey, Tina, I need to learn how to use this shopping cart, this e-commerce system that's out there. And I'm like, you don't learn it. Yeah. <laughs> you hire somebody who knows it. Your job is this. You need to be serving your clients in whatever way you serve your clients, and you need to be building your business. Those are the two things that you need to be focused on. And then as your business grows and expands, so when you when you shift into what we call stage two, uh, which is really growth mode, it's like, okay, I have a foundation in place. I've proven my business model. People want to buy what I have to offer. Now I want to grow it. Mm-hmm. I want to sell more of it or I want to offer it differently or whatever that looks like at that stage. Then that's where quite often you'll, you, you start to get some other people on board, somebody like we, we call an online business manager or a project manager who's going to jump in and really manage the day-to-day and manage the team and manage the projects and look at operations and all of that. Uh, Sometimes that's where you may start to bring people in who do what you do. When we talk about leveraging revenue streams, one of the options to leverage a revenue stream is just to hire people who do what you do and to have and start to build a team-based business of some kind. Those may be people that come into play there. Uh, And, of course, there's always different kind of project-type people that will plug in from time to time. Alongside having, of course, your accountant and lawyer and, you know, and or insurance and things like that, too. You want to make sure you have those people in place. But really, it doesn't have to be overly complicated. I think we live in a world where because there's so many people available who can do and and bring areas of expertise uh, that we need to plug in here and there. It's not like you have to go and hire full time people. Every day. I mean, you can get somebody to start with 10 or 20 hours a month or come in for this project or whatever that might be. And then as you need them, you need them. And as you don't, you don't. Yeah. Do you have any tips on how to hire good people? I think that it really starts with knowing what you need from them, which I know isn't an answer directly to like where to, where to find people and all of that, too. But to really one of the biggest mistakes I see people make in hiring is to do what I call that throwing spaghetti at the wall approach. You know, oh, somebody told me I need to hire, say, a virtual assistant, or my coach told me I need to go hire somebody, or I'm seeing everybody around me uh, hiring people, so I'm just going to go do that myself. And thinking that and kind of doing it from the place of I'm just supposed to, right? You need to have clear clarity on, like, where's your business headed? What are you created? You know, what's that next phase of growth going to look like for you? What are your goals for the next three months, six months, the next year? Uh, and then within that, then you get clarity as to who you're going to need to plug in in certain places. You know, it's like, I need somebody who can help me with A, B, C, and D. Great. Let's go find somebody that can help you with that. I think some of the bigger hiring headaches and frustrations 
come in where we're just not specific enough from what we need from that person. Now there's a distinction to be made between saying here, you don't need to, you don't need to show somebody how to do their job. Like it's not a matter of knowing how to do everything. So you can turn around and train people how to do everything. You can find people who bring the how, but you need to be really clear on the what, what is it that you actually want them to do for you. And that of course requires some upfront thinking. You know, sometimes it's a little bit like, wait a minute, I don't really know what I need them to do. Okay. Well then there's a bit of work to do there. <laughs> Yeah. But I'd rather see you do that up front than have, I've, and I've seen this happen many, many times over the years. I've talked to people on both sides of the coin because, of course, we train and, and, uh, and do various kinds of training and programs with virtual assistants and online business managers and such as well. Is that if you hire somebody and you're kind of sitting there going, they're like, what do you need? And you're like, I don't know. I'm not really sure. What can you give me? It sort of becomes this like stalemate of sorts. And then that just is frustrating on all sides. Um, but once you're clear, like once you're clear on what you need, then it's really a matter, especially in today's day and age, of just getting it out there. I mean, there's various places where you can post opportunities, there's directories, there's associations, there's social media. I mean, there's worlds of, there's like loads of places where you can say, here's what I need help with and have people come to you from that place. And as soon as you know the what, what you actually need from them is really a key piece of that journey for sure. And after we found the right person or people to work for us, how do we keep those people happy? How do we keep our team happy and motivated to work well and do their very best for us? I think it's really knowing what they want is probably the key piece of that. I was saying, I was, I was saying or talking to someone earlier today about this idea of how do you know this, this idea of like, how do you get what you need from your team? How do you get your team to do what you want them to do? and to give you what you want them to give you. And it really is to give them what they need first. Like to get to know people, why do they want to work with you? What's in it for them? Why are they excited about this opportunity? Where are they headed? What do they want to grow into? It really does start with, and I believe this is part of team leadership and everything as well, is to really get to know people and to see, you know, are they in the right place? Are they not? Where are they going? Where are they headed? And, and there's also a matter of really just being able to, it's almost like it's I mean, it's really a relationship when you think about it. Anybody in your team is no different than any other relationships in our lives. And it's not that we have to be buddy, buddy, friends, you know, going on vacation together kind of thing. Um, I mean, really, in, in a lot of ways, that's probably not the best way to have to, the best relationship to have with a team, mm -hmm. although it certainly can happen. But to just really get to know them as people and build a relationship as people and really be able to say, thank you. This is great work. Um, even years ago when, before I had my business and I used to do some recruiting, some corporate type recruiting and such at the time, and this was like 15 some odd years ago now, but we would ask people who were coming to us and saying that they wanted a different job. They were coming to us and saying, I'm looking for a different job. And we'd always ask them why, what is it that, um, why did they want to leave the company they were working for at the time? And it was always something around, you would think it would be like money or various things. Sometimes that's the case. But a lot of times it was, there's no room for advancement. There's nothing for me to grow into here. There's no room to grow and expand. And, or I'm just not getting appreciated. Like I'm working and I'm, you know, working my tail off doing this, this and that. And it doesn't seem like anybody even cares or appreciates me for what I'm doing. So just know what they want, know where they're headed, be able to support that and appreciate what they're doing for you. Tina, what automation tools do you recommend? 
think some of my favorite tools, um, when I talk about centralizing, my favorite tool around that project management or virtual office tool is Central Desktop is one that I really like. There's various ones out there. I always say when it comes to project management tools that honestly, it's a matter, it's almost like trying on clothes. You know, sometimes you have to try on a few to find the one that you like. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are certain things I like and don't like about some of the ones that are out there, but I've found for us, uh, central desktop's been really good because it has all the things that I want it to have. It's not missing anything. Um, but absolutely, you want to have something that is that project management tool or that virtual office tool that we talked about earlier where people are putting everything in there instead of emailing back and forth and all of that. Um, secondary, we also use Infusionsoft mm-hmm. as well for us. So, And that's really our... I mean, it's our e-commerce, it's our shopping cart because we sell training programs and everything. So people do a lot of purchasing and buying online. Um, it's our CRM tool as far as any managing the sales conversations and the sale proce- sales process and contact information and clients and all of that. Uh, and it's also the automated marketing side of the business for us too. So being able to look at our various um, various kind of initiatives that we have in that area, everything runs out of there. I mean, there's many more. I don't know, time trade. I love time trade. I don't know if you use that or not, but the online scheduling. Yeah, I've used that before. Oh, that's so handy. I mean, if anybody, we young people are like emailing back and forth. Hey, we've got to find a time to talk. Just go to this link. Done. <laughs> no more emailing back and forth. I mean, there's so many cool little tools and such that are out there nowadays that make life so much easier. Love it. You mentioned there about the automated marketing that you can do with Infusionsoft. Uh, I'm really interested in that sort of stuff. Do you have any cool little tips or tricks um, that we can do with Infusion that perhaps we may not be aware of? Yeah, I think, I mean, some of my favorite things about Infusionsoft compared to other types of maybe broadcast or automated automation systems out there, because I know there's various e-commerce and broadcasting and all kinds of, of tools that are out there. Um and not to say I've used them all by any means, but we've tried a number of them over the years. I think some of my favorite things about Infusionsoft, I love the fact that it has a CRM in it. So I can, you know, if I'm having a conversation with somebody, I put the notes right in there. And if somebody has a sales heavy type business, you can actually set up your entire sales pipeline and all that other kind of stuff through there. You can't do that with a lot of other e-commerce type systems and such. Um, there's just no option to be able to keep track of that information. So I really like that. We do a lot of, uh, we have a lot of conversations with people. You know, we have a lot of sales conversations. We have a lot of, uh, once they become clients and they're doing coaching or programs with us, we can keep track of all that information. I kind of joke sometimes. It's like, I can see what everybody's doing. You know, I mean, I could, um, not that I, I'm not doing it as we speak, but I like, I could look up your name and look at your record and say, oh, hey, Here's what, you know, here's what you've looked at. Here's what you've opened. Here's what you've purchased. Here's what's happened or hasn't happened with everything that we have going on out there. And of course, the automated marketing, the being able to set up the follow-up marketing is another key component. And of course, you can do that with various types of systems out there. But one of the things I like with Infusionsoft is you can really customize your approach depending on what people respond to. So it's and for years there've been there's been autoresponder type systems where somebody comes to a website and they sign up for a freebie and they're going to get a series. You know, they're going to get an email series or a training series or whatever it is. They're going to get a, you know, six or eight emails and that's going to happen. And that and that's pretty standard. That's pretty standard with a lot of autoresponder programs out there. Uh one of the things that we love about Infusionsoft is you can start to really customize that 
based on the actions that people take or don't take within that autoresponder. So if somebody clicks a link that they're really interested in X, then it can kind of take them off on another little path that's going to tell them more about X. Whereas if another person didn't click that link, well, then they don't go down on that path. And you can start to really kind of really customize marketing. That's a that's a pretty big deal these days is instead of saying, you know, I have this list or this giant list of people and I'm going to send everything to everybody all the time. It's really starting to get to know people. Oh, here's the people that are interested in this. Great. Let's target them for something that we have coming up. Or here's the people that are interested in this other thing. Great. Let's target them and not kind of blanket it out to everybody all the time. Tina, thank you very much for sharing that. Where can we find out more about you, your book, your products, your services? Is there anything at all that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, if you want to, I mean, for me in general to connect and, and uh, you know, with my blog and other things that I have going on, if you just go to tinaforsyth.com, so that's T-I-N-A-F-O-R-S-Y-T-H.com. Of course, you can connect with me in various ways there. Uh, we also had, I mentioned earlier, the um, the checklist the top 10 business systems and all of that as well too. We have a, we have kind of a link where you can pop over and grab that. Um, and there's all kinds of goodies. My top 10 business tools, my, I mentioned central desktop. I, I have a central desktop 101 video there. There's some other little training series and everything as well. That's all free of charge. It's just something you can grab and download if you're interested. Uh, if you go to automateyourgrowth.com and then forward slash Bushnell is what we had it set up as. And that's just a whole big old, you know, bunch of goodies that you can dive into and start using. Great. Thank you. That's really generous of you, Tina. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, that's the end of today's episode, everyone. Thank you very much for joining us. And thank you, Tina, for coming on the show. Awesome. Thank you. The Online Marketing Show. Every day with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic. Improving conversion rates increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money.